Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. With me, as always, is our wonderful co-host, Star Bustamante. The 415 is brought hey. to you in cooperation between, there, between <laughs> the Wild Hunt and Desperate House Witches. All opinions expressed on this show are those of your hosts and not reflective on the Wild Hunt at all or any of its subsidiaries. So, yeah, it's been... There's a lot going on. Star, kick us off. Well, first of all, I think that um, there's been a um, there's some sadness for the pagan community. Um, Fritz mm-hmm. Young, uh, who along with his wife uh, Ren Walker, uh, created the Witch's Voice, which was um, one of the very first. Uh, websites for pagans that uh, offered all kinds of uh, networking and I mean like if you were looking for a group and anywhere that you were witchvox.com was the place to go uh, because they maintained a huge registry of of groups and individual pagans, uh, pretty much anybody that was anybody had a profile page on uh, on Witchbox. It was all completely free. Um, they were operated yeah. as a nonprofit, and they had all kinds of you, you name it. Uh, all things pagan witchy could be found on on Witchbox, uh, and it, and actually it was. Uh, I think Ren and and Fritz both had a lot to do with uh, Jason Titzel actually deciding to start the Wild Hunt. So um, the Wild Hunt would not even exist if it weren't for them. But uh, I did not know uh, Fritz personally, um, but by all accounts, Mm -hmm. he was just an amazing person. Uh, He had a lot of... um, interest and investment in the in he was apparently a very gifted musician and songwriter um also wow. worked in in uh recording he was a uh, a recording engineer uh um, you know mm. among an, a number of other things so it's a huge loss yeah. for the pagan community and i just thought that it was important that we we acknowledge and mention that today Absolutely, absolutely. What is remembered lives. Absolutely. So we wish him well on his party. Right. You know. Yep. So what else is going on in the world? I heard oh, well, that uh, the San- the Santos is uh, doing some interesting stuff in uh, Florida. I'm hearing, or as some people call them, what do they call them? Saint. Saint Death or something? The Saint Death or something? I heard something like funny and weird the earlier Satan. today the that made me The Satan. The Satan. I've heard all kinds of yeah, there's all kinds of fun plays on his name. But yeah, so apparently um like this morning I was seeing right away on Twitter that 
uh, he was getting ready to sign into law. Uh, Florida's pretty horrific um, voter uh, oppression bill, voter suppression bill, uh, which, of course, you know, they're calling it like voter rights or, or whatever. But what it amounts to is it's very similar to, uh, I think, I've not looked at the bill yet, but from all accounts, it seems to be very similar to um, the fuckery that was uh, passed in Georgia. Georgia. Uh, Mm -hmm. But um, so kind of similar in a different vein, they restricted no press was allowed to view the the signing. The signing. Except, except, except. Do you want to guess? Fox News. Fox News. Yep, of course. So, so, so because who else would be a fan of such a thing but Fox News? You know, the more of their right. their their new slogan should be the more oppression, the better, because apparently that's the only way these people can win is by depressing and suppressing the vote. It's the most horrific, ridiculous thing. So my question is. What can be done to stop this nonsense? Well, the I, I don't. To, to be fair, I don't know that anything is going to stop this nonsense. Um, I think that oh. they have found that whether it does not matter whether things are true or not. What matters apparently is what gets attention. Um, And what gets people outraged and angry because that's how they see, that's what they seem to see as being the most motivating thing for people that vote for Republicans like DeSantis and um, the former, you know, that former administration guy whose name I really don't care to speak. Um, But that seems to be... Their, their whole strategy seems to be, you know, just maintaining a constant level of outrage and keep people very angry, which, of course, also I might point out that angry people are not, they don't think properly. If you're angry all the time, your ability to carefully consider the choices that you're making and how you move forward and yada, 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 all those, all those things that require, you know, you to use all of your brain, None of that works when you're in a constant state of outrage. So, I mean, it could be a winning strategy for them. I mean, it's hard to say at this point, um, you know, and and add some, uh, you know, a few side orders of voter suppression, you know, let's make it harder for people that actually are thoughtful to, to vote. Um, you know, I mean, it could work in their favor. We'll, we'll have to see. As to what can be done about it, um, you know, I mean, right now the party, the uh, the grand old party, as the Republicans used to be deemed, I, I'm not sure that, you know, I think there are other other words that might better fill the acronym of GOP, um, but we won't get into uh-huh. those in such polite, polite company, um, is pretty much like, it's kind of hard to watch what's going on. Um, Liz Cheney who's the number three Republican in the House, uh, has refused to to back down on 
you know, saying that Trump was responsible for for the insurrection, uh, you know, or at least, you know, stoking the fire for for the insurrection and that his claims that the election was stolen are absolutely false, which, of course, all of that is true. Okay, I just must be clear. She's she is supporting the truth, uh, which. Uh, McCarthy, who's the House Speaker for the Republicans, yeah, got caught, got caught on an open open. He got caught on a hot mic when he was on Fox, saying that he uh, he was just tired of her. He was tired of dealing with her, and she needed to go. Basically, yep, uh, yep. And so she was a problem. He called yeah, her she was a problem. Right. Well, and then um, who they want to replace her with now is uh, Elise Stefanik, who is, uh, you know, is which is this is all really interesting. Well, but but the 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 interesting thing is is that Cheney voted with Trump, voted with Trump. Like I don't know, like something like eighty percent of the time might be higher than that. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas Stefanik only voted with him like forty four percent, forty five percent of the time. <clears throat> Interesting. So, and when she was first elected, she was um, she was more of a, a George W. Republican. She she was elected, I think, during yeah. his term. Um, uh-huh. I think that was like 2000. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember exactly when. But anyway, she she was elected on basically George W. You know, ideology, and yeah, was a lot, but was a lot more liberal. Um, she's pretty much kind of hopped around uh, in. You know, it's only been in the last uh, couple of years when she was up for reelection this past year that she became a, you know, Trump, she was all in on Trump. So mm-hmm. one of the things, one of the, some of the uh, punditry that I've read online this morning basically says that mm-hmm. part of the, part of the reason that McCarthy wants Cheney gone from a leadership position is because he sees her as a threat, um, to take over his position as, uh, you know, minority whip in the, in, in the house. Yeah. But which would be great. (laughs) Although she is not our friend. Let's remind folks that she is not our friend. She is definitely not our friend. Um, Well, I don't, I don't think, you know, I'm not sure any of the Republicans are our, our friends when it comes to policy. However, right. lovely people they might be personally, um, and and despite mm-hmm. what some people on the left will will say, you know there are some there are some decent people that are you know that are Republicans and you know and would be delightful to have a beer with I think you know possibly, um, possibly I know hush my mouth right um, <laughs> I'm not all in there <laughs> well. But but the but the point remains is that uh, 
it's a stupid move on McCarthy's part. I mean, this is quickly becoming, really becoming the, the cult of Trump. I mean, really. Oh, absolutely. It's his party. Because I, I, I absolutely believe that. Well, I don't think that it was um, completely until just recently, which is kind of interesting. Uh, also, it's interesting how they have flipped around the perspective on uh, on what happened on, on, you know, I mean, on September uh, September 6th. I mean, September 6th. January 6th. 6th. Yeah, the right. insurrection. I mean, they have really completely flipped that around like, you know, like it was, I mean, they just don't even talk about it. Um, their goal is to just oh, move yeah, on and pretend like it, is, yeah, like it, like it never happen. happened. Um, so, <sighs> I, but I, I think that they're liable to be in for a little bit of a surprise when it comes to the ballot box uh, and and the next election because. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're just really out of touch with, you know, you have a, a small group of people that are diehard Trump supporters. And even, you know, among Republicans, people are not unhappy with, you know, with the stimulus checks. They're not unhappy with the efforts that Biden has and his administration have made to <clears throat> to get the vaccines out and to get vaccines into arms, um, he's been oh, pretty yeah. successful. Uh, you know, one of my one of my favorite clips of the last few days is uh, Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends, who had a bunch of high, you know a bunch of uh, middle school kids on, uh, asking them uh-huh. about you know going back to school and how do they feel about this. And this one little boy who's in sixth grade told him um, uh-huh. that, you know, that, that he, you know, he was ready to go back to school and he really missed seeing his friends, yada, yada, yada. But, he says, um, he really thinks our current great job so far and that he feels more optimistic about, about getting back into school sooner than when um, the former president was in office, that he didn't think it would be real, real good. And Brian Kilmeade only response to that child was to say, really? You know, you think that, you know, I, I mean, he, so he was kind of like, yeah, kid went completely what off the script by, by Kilmeade standards. But, yeah, yeah, he kind of belittled the kid. Um, but it was it was pretty hilarious when you, when you get schooled by a sixth grader. Um, but I, I think that, you know, <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see what happens to the to the party. I, I kind of feel in my gut like something um, something is something big is going to happen that is going to further um, split the Republicans. But we'll have to see what that ends up being. Uh, we're not here for me to speculate. We're here for me to tell you about the news. So, in yeah. in. In other news, speaking of Republican fuckery, uh, as we like to call it. As we call it. Um, <laughs> so, Tucker Carlson, who, of course, is oh, just God, a, really? Yeah, really, really. Well, but this is, this is just, this is fuckery on a level that you, 
it's 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 setting the bar pretty high even for him. Um, wow. He's been uh, pretty consistent in just kind of producing, you know, this ongoing vaccine skepticism. Uh, yeah, for a number of months, um, which and I can almost guarantee you that he's that he's been vaccinated. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, and Trump. I believe that. And let's point out that that Trump himself and his entire family have been vaccinated, as well as you know, every probably high-ranking Republican has been has been vaccinated, as well as Democrats. Absolutely. Um, yep. But. So Carlson has been beating this drum about, you know, whether vaccines, you know, whether they work, whether they're a good thing or a bad thing, you know, in a way that, you know, just comes right up to the line of, uh, of uh, putting him in peril of being sued because he generally uh-huh. stays to this side of that line. Um, but uh-huh. his latest fuckery comes last night when uh, – he suggested that the number of deaths uh, that might be related to the um, to the vaccine that that just between the end of December uh-huh. and last month that a total of you know three thousand three hundred and sixty people sixty two people apparently died after getting the COVID vaccine. Uh, so, you know, just under 3,500 people, roughly. Um, and what uh-huh. he was citing was uh, data from the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Now, what oh. he didn't tell people, <laughs> what he didn't tell people is that that system is, uh, it's basically like open source data, and uh, mm-hmm. it's all unverified. Anyone can submit a claim about anything, you know, about what happened to them or someone that they know who had the va- who had a vaccination. Um, and the whole idea behind it was to uh, to to set up a site uh, that would allow the uh, CDC to uh, to collect all of this data, and then they could evaluate, you know, and look for potential links between vaccines and side effects. So this is all unverified stuff, so, right? And plus, hearsay. It, it, I love hearsay. Oh my God, that's my favorite for factual findings. Thanks. Well, but, well, but here's the thing, you know. I mean, like in any given, you know, period of time, X amount of people die. On how many people die, um, you know, every month. But I would suspect right. it's probably probably close to to that you know that amount of people when you're looking at you know we have a population of you know what three hundred almost three hundred and fifty million people right mm-hmm. somewhere yeah. in there and, you know including short people um, so out of <laughs> out of three hundred you know and fifty million people. Yeah, thirty, thirty-three, a little over thirty-three hundred people, in, in, in dying in the space of you know three months does not seem like a lot to me, um, 
and no. there's there's nothing to link their death to actually having you know other than the fact that they got a vaccine, which also if you right. consider that. You know, from December, the, the, the who were the first people to get the vaccine? You know, who did we consider right. most at risk? Old people, old people, you know, right? Yes. People in nursing homes, yes. people in, you know, right? Who, guess yes. what? People are likely to. People closer, right, they're more, people closer to the end. <laughs> right. The they're end. more likely to die anyway. So, um, so I mean, yeah. But. The the thing that gets me is how this is being spun. I mean, this is like, you know, they are spinning this shit like it is, you know, the spin cycle in a in a washing machine. Honestly, right. Um, there is no data, and I want to be really, really clear. There is no data to suggest that how many people have died from it. Yeah. Yeah, to say to insinuate that thirty three three hundred plus people died that it's somehow connected to the vaccine um, is insane. Like there's no right. data in any way, shape, or form to to back that up. In fact, the U.S. has been so cautious that you know they had six deaths reported that were connected uh-huh. possibly to the Johnson and Johnson, which they still don't even know the extent of that. Um, but six right. people developed these weird blood clots and died and they immediately stopped using and distributing the Johnson and Johnson. The Johnson vaccine. And Johnson. Um, That's right. Uh, you know, and I think that by the end of the day, when they reauthorized it to be used again, I think they had a total of maybe 15 people. But when you consider the millions of people that have been vaccinated, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, how, where are we? I'm not even sure where we are at this point. Um, over 135 million at, at the very least. Right. That's a tiny, just rem- tiny just- number. Yeah. I mean, and I just want to remind folks that the whole herd immunity that we were trying to go for, unless folks get vaccinated, we will not be able to achieve. Well, exactly. And, and you know, there, are, there is a, a certain segment of the population that cannot be vaccinated. And even the ones that, that can, here's, here's an interesting fact for you, something that, that, that a lot of people may not be aware of. So anybody okay. who's had an organ transplant, um, yeah. they are they are on uh, immunosuppressant drugs, which means it's the drugs that suppress their immune system to keep their body from uh-huh. rejecting the organ. And usually they are on these drugs right. for life. So like for their, their entire life, they have to take these drugs. Um, so... Even in I did not know that. So, so far there have not been any really good trials. I don't think there have been any trials yet done on people who have received transplant right. recipients as to whether or not uh, the vaccine has, is, is effective or not. What they have seen so far right. in people that have 
had a transplant and have received the vaccine is that about 50% showed no antibodies whatsoever. Okay. Wow. So the, mm-hmm. basically the vaccine for about 50% was, you know, like didn't show any, you know, any antibodies that protect. To, so they're, they're basically unprotected still, even though having gone through the process mm-hmm. of getting a vaccine, they're still not protected from the virus. The other, like a uh, little over 50%, I think, um, yeah. either showed much lower levels of antibodies um, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they wouldn't have, they would not have enough to really probably fight off the disease. And so now some of them are going for a third shot to see what difference wow. that, what difference that makes. Um, so think about, think about how many people in this country, just in the U.S., you know, we're not even talking about other countries, but just think about in the U.S., how many people yeah. have, uh have received uh, transplant recipients. So yeah, I didn't even think about that. So I have no clue on that count. Just on that count, I mean, I can only imagine that there are other instances where people can't have vaccinations too. Certain types of cancer oh, sure. treatments, I might assume. You know, uh, my aunt is on dialysis, but. She got the shot, so it's not necessarily everything, but um, some things still need study. And, you know, the reason herd immunity is important or the reason Star just indicated, because some people cannot, even if they want to, cannot take the vaccination. And, you know, this is how we protect everyone, you know, ourselves and each other. It's really important to get out there if you're at all able uh from a, a health standpoint to accept this vaccination. And listen, <laughs> I I got sick after shot number two, and I have said repeatedly I'll do it all over again because the idea of catching COVID and winding up on a ventilator is a lot less appealing than spending a Saturday afternoon in my bed sleeping it off the vaccination. So, yeah, if it comes to one that will stop me from dying and one that just merely makes me uncomfortable, I'm going with the level of discomfort, which is temporary. Thank you so much. Um, Before we continue, I just want to remind everybody to please, please check out wildhunt.org. Give it all your support. It is the pagan paper of record. Wildhunt.org is is written by real journalists who do actual stories. It is not, they are not opinion pieces. And when they do an opinion piece, they let you know it's an opinion piece. So you can read with confidence. Please check out wildhunt.org. Okay. So, yeah, vaccination is very important. We can't say that strongly enough. Um, the the rewards uh, uh, to be able to hug your loved ones again definitely outweighs the anything negative that you might have heard or anticipated about it. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing my friends very soon in the next couple mm-hmm. of months because everybody will have been yeah. taken care of and gone through the two-week wait, warming period or whatever we want to call it after the shot, <laughs> I guess it's just to make sure it all takes hold. Um, but, you know, uh, there's there's been so much 
going on between voter suppression laws coming to the fore and, you know, you had mentioned something to me the other day about now Catholic leaders are coming up against Biden because of his stance on abortion rights and uh, they're trying to stop him from taking communion. I mean, and they don't want to give him communion. <laughs> I think they... I think the story was that they were they they were trying to put pressure on them not to not give him uh, communion, which I don't know how that's going to work. But you know, I mean, it's just one more thing of just absolutely uh, just the nuttiness of where we are on the on the political front. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday McConnell. So, like, uh, let's go back to oh. when. Let's go back to when Obama was first elected. Okay. Yep. Do you remember? Yep. Do you rem- Do you remember what our? Um, I, absolutely, I absolutely remember what McConnell said. He said his job was to stop Barack Obama from accomplishing anything and he wanted to make sure that he was a one-term president right which which didn't didn't really work out yes you did you get a gold star that puts you in first place (laughs) but of course you know the the, as they say the uh the points don't count and uh and it's all made up anyway um Right, <laughs> but yes, he he absolutely did say that. He said that that was his his number one priority, which you know, I mean, even at the time, I thought, wow, what does that say about the people who voted for him and who continue to vote for him? That I would think, as a representative, you know, if you're my representative, what I would like to hear be your number one priority is that you are going to, for me and for my interests, yep. and to make sure that. You know, um, that my property taxes are low as as they can be, but still cover, but still provide the services that, that we all want and need. Um, and that you're going to do your fucking job to, to represent me because that's the job. That's why you were elected is to represent the people of your district. You know, now call right. call me crazy. I know it's like I'm living in 1956 or something, right? Um, that I have these wild ideas of you know that you know that when you run as a rep, to be a someone's representative, that you would actually, God forbid, do that fucking job. Um, so yeah. I thought that was you know. a little odd that he could that he could say that and get away with it and continue to be reelected, um, but. Yesterday, all over the place, there were stories of how his his number one priority is uh, 100% going to be uh, keeping Biden from accomplishing anything, um, you know. Yeah. And that worked out so well for him with Obama, you know, um, because Obama yeah. found a way around a, a lot of things. And not only was he not a one-term president, um, but he was probably one of the most popular presidents in modern American history. Um, so we'll, we'll see how Very it works out for, for, for McConnell. Um, but, I mean, really, they've, they've lost their minds. I, I, I just don't 
I don't see any of this ending well. <laughs> I don't see this ending, well, ending the well at all. It's not going to. And here's the thing with McConnell, because obviously the snake knows that he's being recorded and doesn't care because he has complained that Biden is very go-it-alone and that they are excluding the Republicans, which is not true. The fact of the of matter course. is is that... Right. I mean, McConnell has made it very clear by those words that he's not interested in bipartisanship whatsoever. Therefore, since he has been so clear about that and so honest all of a sudden about not wanting to do anything from a bipartisan standpoint, I think it gives complete and utter license to the current administration to ram the fuck through every damn liberal agenda we have asked for. I'm talking about schools. I'm talking about police reform. I'm talking about legal weed. I'm talking about all of it. Give, give people what they want for once and for all. The Republicans are not going to help. The Republicans are not interested in giving you health care. The Republicans are not interested in saving your home. They're not interested in your bank account unless you can support them. They are grifters. They are dishonest. And the party, I keep hearing how the party is fracturing. It hasn't fractured enough. They started eating their own back in Obama's administration. They didn't finish the job on eating their own. I hope they do now. The Trump thing is a non-starter. If you are a Republican with a brain, I have to believe that you know that the majority of Trump supporters wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. Period. Rain is rant. Just saying. So as far as I'm concerned, old Moscow Mitch can take all that nonsense about bipartisanship and stick it where the sun don't shine. And if you've seen Mitch lately, you know the sun doesn't shine on it often. Anyway, testing, one, two. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, so I'm kind of over it with that whole situation. Something that gave me a giggle I must say, was hearing that they broke, not broke into Giuliani's, but investigators magically showed up around 6 a.m. recently and seized some things. Now, I don't know what yet, but obviously Rudy's in some kind of trouble. Gee, wow, you went from America's mayor to Trump's lapdog, and now all of a sudden, your happy ass is in trouble, too. Move over, Michael Cohen. You got company. And I'm glad to see it. <laughs> you know, Rudy had the ability, you know, and it always reminds me of when they were running before Trump became president, but during that season when, when Joe Biden and Rudy Giuliani were on the same stage, and Joe Biden says, oh, here comes Rudy, a noun, a verb, a 9-11, and that's what he ran on, and that's what he lost on. Hilarious. And now Rudy's going to go down for something, whether it's his attachment to Russia and the oligarchs. Wow. And wow illegally dig up shit where it doesn't belong or Trump or up. Oh, wait, I'm getting the high sign of shut up, Raina. You're fucking it up. Okay, go ahead. 
<laughs> well, I don't know that. Here's here's what we know. Um, first of all, they didn't just like storm his house without a search warrant. They had search warrants for both his home and his office, and they uh-huh. took, uh, I believe, all of Which his I electronic love. devices. Uh, but Yay. he was angry. Here's my favorite part of the story. He was angry that they did not take uh, the laptop that allegedly belonged to Biden, uh, to Hunter Biden. Um, you know, the the computer that, that he apparently, like, just left at a repair shop and never returned for that had all this incriminating evidence in it that was that has never, you know, which, of course, is all probably bullshit. Um, but he was outraged that they took all of his, you know, his phones, his, you know, all, all of his electronics, but they did not take Hunter Biden's uh, la- alleged laptop. So I alleged. thought that was really hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, but, it is so you know, so, well, I think you have to look at this, just, you know, I mean, I'm not going to speculate on what, what is going to come of this because may, nothing may come of it. <laughs> However, when they serve True. a warrant True. like that um, and they come and collect up all your stuff, there's probably a pretty good chance that they, that, you know, I mean, no judge is just going to sign off on that. I mean, judges don't just sign off on, on exactly. warrants without, you, you have to show probable cause of why it's important that you have access. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't and just if, really, and really they, show up. Right. And if they thought he would cooperate, you know, he would have gotten a phone call and not, uh, you know, they wouldn't have stormed in and, you know, they wouldn't have showed up at six o'clock in the morning. They did that to prevent him from destroying anything. Um, So, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see, to see where, where this goes. Um, But yeah, there's, there's a certain delight to be taken of, you know, and then him saying, you know, how he's being bullied and, you know, and then in the last, what, day or so, um, apparently uh, the judge who oversaw a lot, who saw, oversaw Cohen's case and several of the others, yep. um, you know, there's this private memo that w- that was uh, connected to the DOJ uh, that, you know, basically you can't even read it because it's been so blacked out, you know, so much has, has uh-huh. been um, redacted on it. Redacted, but, um, yeah. But uh, what's her name? <laughs> A- Amy Jackson Berman, Amy Berman. Anyway, the judge yeah. in the case said that uh, – uh, that she couldn't see any reason for the, you know, that that information needs to be released. But apparently it's, it does not, it looks pretty bad for, for Barr and uh, yeah. Rosenstein and, um, and several other people that were, that were connected to that. So, I mean, I, yeah. I feel like there's the, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening that, you know, are just kind of making these little blips, right. Um, yeah. And then they kind of like settle back down, but I mean, I think that I think that the Justice Department is probably working overtime, and you know, and let's not forget who's who's now in charge of 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 the DOJ, and that would be Mark, uh, Merrick Garland. Merrick. So, yes, um, finally. So we'll, we'll sorry. We'll see where <laughs> we'll see where that where that goes. No, I mean, I think that's fantastic. Um, but there is a, there's something else too that I. Um, that I want to, that's pretty hilarious. Um, please, please. You, you may, 
you may recall that after Trump was tossed off of uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and YouTube, yes. That, yes. you know, that, that there was talk that he was going to start his own social media network. Allegedly. 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 And then the uh, My Pillow guy, um, uh, what's his name? Lindell. Mike something. Mike Lindell. Lindell. That's it. Um, yes. So then he decided he would start his own social media network. Um, which lasted all of about, I don't know, like maybe 10 minutes. Um, the software that he was trying to use, um, apparently, like, the develop- there was a whole hilarious thread on Twitter that's a developer, a software developer thread, um, you know, and people that this is what they do for a living, right, that they write software and they, you know, they, they create these platforms and, they have all the technical knowledge, uh-huh. which I do not possess. I will be the first to tell you, you know, I have no technical knowledge. I, I do get just to turn my computer on and actually function, work a keyboard. Um, but they I hear were, you. like, uproariously <laughs> laughing about the fact that, that the software, the, the what he tried to use to do this, like, he didn't even, uh-huh. that whoever was working with him didn't even read the 101 book on it because it really couldn't support what, what he was trying to make it do. And, of course, the thing kept crashing, and, you know, and that that was a, a week or two ago, and I haven't heard anything since. So then, right. like, on Monday or Tuesday, Trump proclaimed that he was launching his uh, uh, his own social network, um, which uh-huh. is actually a blog. Um, it's a blog, oh. and you, you can't, you can't comment on anything that he says. You can't even like anything that he says. You can, however, copy it and share it on social media, which I think is is the actual point. Um, but okay. there was a certain amount of hilarity on Twitter um, that you know Trump's new social media network was uh, was actually a blog. Um, so, so he's, he's, he started his own website, basically. Um, yeah, but you cannot comment um, You know, on. he always over-promises and under-delivers. I'm, I, I, I'm interested to know that uh, that hasn't changed for him. You know, I don't, under, I don't get it. The hatred that he produces, even that style of hatred, how are people even still attracted to this notion of, of this angry, angry white man who hates everyone that isn't him. I mean, the only reason anyone deals with him is because of his money. And it's not even his money. I still want to know, are we ever going to see those tax returns in a real sense? Are we ever going to know what was in there ever? I, I think eventually. I would we we may that. not live to see it. We, we may not see, live to see yeah. it. We'll see. You know, time will tell. But so, you know, to answer your question, I mean, I think that there is a segment of the population that is heavily invested in the idea of white supremacy, although they probably would not put that label on it, but that's what it is. Um, You know, there's a huge amount of outrage over uh, teaching uh, critical race theory. 
from the Republicans. I heard that. Somebody in in Manhattan pulled his kid out of school. This was reported today because he didn't like the fact that his child was being taught in a woke school. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Right. And, you know, let's just point out. Let's just point out that the whole woke thing, okay, the use of the word woke by white people is just um, a bit of a travesty because, I mean, really it was, it comes from the black community uh, and refers to, you know, social awareness and, and, um, and, but now it's been co-opted by, you know, progressives on the left who really don't, you know, they're not really using it correctly or how it was intended. But the idea that people are upset that we're going to teach children about, you know, like the whole 1619 project, um, you know, and are going to be, you know, outrights. I mean, I think that you're talking about, you know, a fairly significant segment of the population, probably about 25% are, mm-hmm. you know, that are basically aligned with um uh, the ideology of white supremacy, even though they don't see that in themselves, but that have a a complete inability to understand the principles of how, I mean, there is, it's, there is systemic racism in this country. I mean, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. For 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 those of our listeners of what probably number one or two people, um, I, I would like to refer you to, to, to go to the root and read some of Michael Harriet's articles on uh on racism or to follow him on Twitter because periodically he does these really amazing black history threads that I mean yeah. that I don't even stuff I don't even know. I always thought I was pretty well versed when it came to, to black history, but he blows me out of the water just periodically. But um you know, I mean racism there's absolutely no doubt that racism is systemic. You can see it in every one of our systems that, you know, has been designed to keep people of color from being in positions of power, from having the same opportunities that education that that the average white person has access to. Uh, I mean, across the board, redlining, you know, I mean, all of it. Um, And for our listeners who may not know what redlining is, that was making sure that black people could not buy homes in nice white neighborhoods. Um, And they had, they, they developed an entire system to keep that from happening. Um, You know, but even, I mean, it's 2021 and we're still, it's the same, you know, same fucking thing over and over again. I mean, but that we have people that are objecting to being to teaching children the the truth. The truth um, is just extraordinary. I know. And these people, and these people also wondered, have control over over textbooks. They have control over our textbooks. You, you realize that, right? Yeah. And it scares me because the ability to rewrite history is so fucking simple. Because it doesn't matter what the truth is anymore. It's what's believed that counts. 
and the ability to get people to believe a lie is so frightening. There is such a lack, in my opinion, of critical thinking that goes on in mostly America, mostly white America, although I did talk to a good friend of mine the other day who said, eh, you know, everybody gives Canada a pass. We're not so smart over here either. It's kind of a worldwide issue, and it's, you know, as as certain countries are talking about going more to the right, you know, Le Pen is, is going to run again. And, I mean, there's just such a dearth of hardline right coming out. I can only hope that folks of good conscience are, are working against letting that kind of oppression take hold in a permanent way. I mean, we've got so many fucking issues to begin with pre-Trump and Trump just put a big old damn spotlight on the really nastiest parts. And I'm, you know, I don't like knowing that it's there, but I'm glad we're, we know where it is. Um, but I, I'm clueless as to how to get people to change their minds and these basic shitty beliefs they have about people that aren't like them. It's scary. It's upsetting. You know, you, you, we got Biden in office, and I thought, oh, I can breathe for five minutes, not realizing it was only going to be five minutes. Um, and that dissipated because of all these horrific voter suppression laws and and anti-women laws and anti-trans laws and anti-LGBTQA, and I just included all of that and should have just done that. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And we're just constantly fighting for democracy, and I hope people understand that just because you can breathe for five minutes doesn't mean you can breathe for two years. It's it's not time to breathe. We're never going to be able to keep anything liberal unless we fight for it. We are in a constant battle, and it's not going to end. This is If you're looking for something to be, we've made it to the end of this, we're not making it to the end of this, not in my lifetime, that's for sure. Wow. I, and, and I want to point out that we're not even really talking about, you know, you look at one of the things you can do if you, if you want a good idea of how far the Republican Party has shifted to the right is go back and read the Republican Party's 1956 platform for their convention. Read their platform. And then after you've read that, okay, I want you to read that, then I want you to go read, like, maybe um, Clinton's platform, okay, from when he was president. Yeah. They're, they're pretty close. I mean, there's not a whole lot of deviation yeah. there, um, despite the mm-hmm. fact that they're, what, like 30 years apart? Um, so yeah. that gives you a good indication of how far right not just the Republicans, but that the that the Democrats have moved. So when it, it always annoys me when I hear you know one of these conservative pundits talk about the liberal media and how liberal things are and yada yada yada. And yeah. I mean, compared to they're not what was being <laughs> well compared to what was being bandied about in the '60s and the '70s. I mean, this is some pretty, you know, this is like saying, okay, well, we want everybody to, like, not starve to death, and, you know, we'd like them all to make a living wage, and, you know, um, 
You know, we would like for them to be able to get, you know, health care. You know, like if they get stabbed, they can go and get that sewn up. And, it, you know, and it doesn't mean that they're going to have to file for bankruptcy or if they have cancer, whatever. You know, I mean, yeah. these are not radical ideas. And, in fact, I mean, we don't even have, like, I mean, if you look at the amount of paid leave that the average uh, white-collar worker gets in this country compared to what, yeah. you know, European countries get. I mean, we are, like, the only country in the civil, you know, the, the only country that has a certain economic standing that um, does not offer those things. You know, now granted, all right. those countries that that offer that, yes, they pay a lot more taxes, but they get bang for their buck. You know, I mean, so if you're paying out of pocket, I mean, like, I mean, we pay a ridiculous amount of money out of pocket just for in, insurance. I mean, I would gladly pay oh, yeah. more in taxes to have my medical stuff covered. Um, you know, but there's but it's this idea that is that it's you know that it's socialism and socialism is the same as communism and you know I mean it's just it's madness. But as far as us being, you know, I mean the things that are being proposed are not that liberal. You know, um, no. I mean, I think Biden gets it right when he talks about, you know, we're talking about things that are common decency. That you have people that are elected to office who say that if a child comes across the border, that we should turn them away. You know, that we should just send them back across the border. We shouldn't even bother to, you know, to, to you know, mail them back to their country. We should just throw them back across the river and tell them don't come back. And children. You know, in what world do you have to be living to think that it's okay, that, that there is no sense of identifying the humanity um, in, in a child, you know? And what kind, And how bad must things be for a parent to risk, want to risk, you know, sending their Absolutely. child? You know, I mean, so I don't know. I I can't see this ending. I agree with you. Here's my thing. There are always, you know, people are looking for a solution to the immigration quote-unquote crisis. There's always going to be a crisis because there are always going to be horrific conditions in other countries. We can't do everything. We can only take care of what comes to our door. The idea that we should somehow reject children and leave them to die outside of the border is ridiculous and completely un-American. It's an un-American thing. You have no business calling yourself an American if you have that attitude because our, our country was founded on the premise of, well, in more modern times, Bring us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. It's on our fucking statue, okay? It's supposed to be what we live by. It's supposed to be the essence of America, that we're a melting pot. Friggin' melt already. Just do it, you know? People are going to come here, and their cultures are beautiful, and their people are beautiful. And I'm sorry, but when people mix you get smart, good-looking people um, on board. I want people to intermingle. I don't want pure anything. I want us to just freaking get it together already. 
because quite frankly, people who think that a border crisis is going to just be solved by a wall or hatred have really missed it. They've really missed it. And before we go, because we are running extremely short on time, I just want to remind folks, please check out wildhunt.org. Give them all your support. It's not expensive. If anything, you can, you can contribute a dollar a day. I'm telling you it's worth it. Check it out, wildhunt.org, pagan paper of record. There's nothing else like it out there. And trust me, if you don't support it, you're going to lose it, and then you're going to be sad it's gone. So trust me, do it. But, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that are just wrong about the way children have been treated in general with all of this Trumpian mess. And I'm sure Obama didn't do it perfectly either. I don't think anyone has. But it's an ongoing thing, and people are always going to come to America for freedom and a better life. Because in spite of everything, well, yeah. we still have well, that's, that's, huh? that's Yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, if you, if you want to do something that is going to curtail some of that, then that means that you have to look at, you know, what's going on in other places in the, in the world. And this is why we, why the right. U.S. has gotten involved in, in uh, so many things outside of its borders is for that very reason. So on one hand, I understand the reluctance to, you know, to be getting involved in other people's business, other countries' business, but at the same time, right. there's clearly an, an issue going on or you wouldn't have people fleeing places um but yeah. yeah you're right i mean we have we have often we have always billed ourselves as the land of the free and the brave and that we will take you know uh you know come here and build a better life and now all of a sudden you're seeing the rise of all of this very nativist thinking and it, it's yes it's, it's pretty disconcerting absolutely absolutely it is I want my old country back, you know, where we were like, yeah, come on in. We've got food for you. Come sit down. You know, we'll figure out your next step. I miss the America that loved the world because the world loved us. It's not fun to be isolationist. It's not, it's not a good feeling to be alone in the world as a country because at some point you need allies. And if you piss on all of your allies, one day you're going to wake up, whether you're a person or a country, and you're going to be alone, and no one is going to have your back. So I, I hope people will extrapolate that out and maybe think about it, because going at, you go, you know, you want to go fast, you go by yourself. But if you want to get there and sustain it, you got to go as a team. you got to all go together. So I just think the only way to continue to build America as the quote-unquote, and I'm going to use a Reagan line, shining city on a hill, um, you have to welcome people. You do. I think Reagan is probably turning over in his grave knowing about Trump. It is not the vision. And I'm not a Reagan fan. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I am hearkening to more normal Republicans because I believe they're out there. I just do. Anyway... Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and giving us another hour of your time. Star and I will be back next month. This has been the 415. Hope you have a wonderful month. Bye.